Hopefully the whole show will be recorded. Yay! What got cut off last time? Uh, our geek picks. Oh. And Patreon shoutouts. Yeah. And oh. It just stopped recording. Hmm. Well, um, there's fresh batteries in it now, yeah, so. Well, it wasn't the batteries last time. Well, but. we don't, I don't actually know. I had a hunch. Yeah. But I have hopefully fixed that hunch. Yeah. Good. We will see. Does that mean I can use my geek pick from last week again? Yes, you can. I don't remember what it was. Well, there you go. That's the first step. You have to remember what you picked if you want to try to use it again. So this week, we're going to talk Werewolf by Night, the end of She-Hulk, and a bunch of new stuff. First, we have Jen. Hi. We have Kevin. Hello. And we have Brian. Hello. And me. And Brent. And do 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 Ryan. Yes. What's in the news this week? Uh what isn't in the news this week? Uh so we're gonna start off on a side note. Uh we lost another uh, one of our favorite actors this week. Uh, uh Robbie Coltrane died. He oh, passed away yeah. at the age of uh, seventy two. I didn't realize he was seventy two. No. Because yeah. he's also kinda looked the same. Like he's looked like he's in his mid fifties. Yeah, for like the past like thirty years. Did they say why what he passed from? Mm, Not that I saw yet. Yeah. No. yeah, that was sad. I think my first running into him was Nuns on the Run. Oh, was he in Nuns on? The... I do remember watching that <laughs> as a young boy with the spectacles, <laughs> testicles, wallet, and... wallet and watch. <laughs> I think my first run in with him was um, Black Adder's Christmas Carol. Oh, he was yeah. one of the ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, he was Hagrid as well. Yeah. In the Harry Potter movies. uh, Was he in something else, too? Like, something else kind of Disney-ish? I don't Uh, know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. He's in Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Yeah. And apparently Nun's on the Run. It's a movie I haven't seen in years, and oh, I no. imagine it is... It did not hold up. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. It's probably totally inappropriate. Yeah. Well, just the whole... Communal nun shower scene. He was oh, in. Um, yeah, Golden Eye. The world is not enough. Yeah, he was the the Russian guy who had a grudge against uh, Ocean's Spawn. Twelve. I don't know. I've played the game. I don't know if I've actually watched the movie. I've watched Golden Eye. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Flash Gordon. He was in Flash Gordon. Yes, he was. Old movie? He played Man at Airfield. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he got his. He, he was in European Vacation, where he played man in bathroom. 
<laughs> I, I read an article, and I'm really now curious to look it up. His first break in British TV, he was on a show with, it was him, Hugh Laurie, and Emma Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. like the, like a comedic show of some sort. Like I think, and oh, and uh, Stephen Fry. Ooh. Like it was like pretty good lineup of people in that one. He was also in From Hell. Yeah, he was uh, the the like sidekick police officer. Yes, he was. Let's see his TV credits. Good movie, but terrible adaption. Uh, he did an episode of The Young Ones. He did an episode of Are You Being Served. Yeah. Once you enter like the British Acting Union, you have to be on either Are You Being Served, EastEnders, or Coronation Street. You have to do at least an episode. Yeah. It's like in Australia. <laughs> in Australia, you always do an episode or uh, a like series run of Neighbors. Or Casualty. Casualty is another show that you see on every British actor's... I've never even heard of that one. It's like a British ER. Huh. Yeah. All right. Next, Ryan. Uh, next. Okay, so we got our first teaser trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. And then the uh-huh. internet just started complaining as complaining it always does. I honestly think it looks awesome, oh, and I'm looking looks, forward to it. It looks beautiful. The The fight with the, <laughs> the penguins was great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it's Jack Black that's the voice of Bowser in apparently, it? Apparently, yes. yes. Yeah. Now, some of the the controversy, like as evidenced by our friend and patron Rex, that he brought up, I I kind of understand a little bit. Yeah. Like the fact that they're not using the guy from the video games, I can that that sort of sucks. They want a big also, name though to sell it. Yeah, but also at the same time, the fact that like ne- they're now like barring that guy from doing anything Mario voice related. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's not allowed to, I guess, at conventions, like conventions record things or like do cameos or oh. things like that. The only real big uh, hullabaloo I heard of was that Mario's butt was too small. Well, that was, well, I did see that picture this week too. People were like complaining, oh, look what they've taken away from us. And yeah. The pictures of Mario's butt from the game versus in there. So he's got a smaller butt now. Now, one of the complaints I did hear, and and I can see it, but it's also like, we heard his voice for like two seconds. Yeah. Is the fact that like, it sounds like his character from the Lego movies. Yes. But, What's his name? Emmett. Yeah, Emmett. Yes, good. Yeah. So I, I, and it does. When the first little, like, the first couple words you, you hear him say, totally does. Then he says he says something about Magic King, uh, Mushroom Kingdom. Here we come, or something like that near the end. And it just there's something where he has a when you listen. It kind of sounds a little more like it's got like a, you know that Mario accent to it, like yeah. not a full blown like you know. Made I, up of you know Italian I, accent, but it's gonna be like Sonic and like the DC superhero pets movie, and it's it's gonna be geared more towards kids. Like it's gonna be 
Like yeah. I, I'm looking forward to going and seeing it with uh, our niece and nephew. Like I went and saw the the DC superhero yeah, pets true. with. I, I, I will be seeing it with my nephew. Derek. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that it's gonna be. It's it's supposed to appeal more to the like ten and under crowd oh, as opposed to the adult Mario fans that have grown up. Now, yeah, there will be things in this movie for us. Of oh, course, yeah. there'll be deep cuts and because there are going to be parents who bring the children. Oh, for sure. well, but, the just, penguins alone, or that that's a Mario sixty four thing. Yeah. See, I didn't know where the penguins were from because I never yeah, played Mario no, 64. The, I just I, thought they were freaking they were adorable. One of them, but. <laughs> you have to race them down a slide. Okay. I remember my friend Doug getting quite upset. See, like, just like I want to see, I want to rewatch the, the superhero pets movie with Kevin and Brent and Ryan, it, just because when we saw Teen Titans go. One of the best parts of that movie was Kevin's reactions to the deep cuts where nobody was laughing in the theaters and he was killing himself. <laughs> it was a funny movie. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's probably more of those. And I think that's what's going to be in the Mario movie for the oh, adults. Sure. So I, I don't know. People well, just... They have to put something... Because it's a character that's been around for 30 plus years. Yeah. Um, you've got to appeal to that fandom. Yeah. Otherwise you're missing out. Yeah. But so. like, I don't know. The internet is a terrible and wonderful place. Yeah. Is Yoshi going to be in it? I don't know. I hope so. Yoshi's my favorite we character. We did see a, a clip. I think we saw a clip with Luigi. Yeah. In that, right? I think Being so. Chased by some ghosts. So. Yeah. I just can't wait for the um, Super Nintendo World to open at Universal Studios. Yeah, I've seen footage of the where is it? There's one in Japan. Yeah, yeah, I've seen videos of there's a there's well, a guy who does all of the theme parks in Japan. Yeah, and he's done this the, the Sailor Moon board. one. And I'm like, oh, I want to go to well, the Sailor in, Moon one. In Florida, they're building a Donkey Kong Country roller coaster. Oh, they're going to bring it to Florida. Oh, yeah. It's and for a while. Nice. so the way the ride works is the actual roller coaster car will be hidden under what looks like a track. So you'll be sitting in a car that's actually above the roller coaster car. So, you know, in Donkey Kong Country, sometimes there are gaps in the track. There will be gaps in the track and the and it will look like and feel like your car is jumping over big spaces <laughs> oh, in the track. Cool. <laughs> and it, like it's minecart, isn't it? Isn't that what they were in the the game? Yeah, it was like it a minecart. Yeah. So the minecart will sit way above the above the actual car that's on the track. So it'll so look like, be like two tracks, but one's a fake track. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. And yeah. I know that they, they have a thing that's like, um, at least the Japanese one does, that's Mario that's Kart. bands that you get. Oh, yeah. You can punch and get the, yeah. well, you don't actually It punch, makes coin you, sounds. Like, yeah. hand, and you mm. collect the coins, and I, I never saw what you do with them, but I assume it's like tickets at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, I, you can trade them in for something. I don't know if there's an actual physical prize or if I, or, or what the point is, yeah. but there are games you can play in the land. Or it's probably one of those things. There's probably not anything yet. Yeah. It's just like uh, in the Star Wars land, now you can do the bounty hunting and get credits, but there's nothing to do with the credits yet. Yeah. But who knows? Someday they may, you know, cool. get badges or something. Yeah. So if they're bringing the Mario World to Florida, I wonder if I'll get the Sailor Moon stuff. Probably, probably not. not. This is the number one no. reason I want to go to Japan right now. No, the new um, <laughs> the new Universal Park is going to have Nintendo World, Universal Monsters Land, another Harry Potter Land, and How to Train Your Dragon. <gasps> I love How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. We're getting another movie in that franchise too. Are we? Yeah, there was a teaser put out year, 
a month ago. Like an actual movie or, an, or a TV show? I'm not sure. Because they've done a couple of TV shows. Show. Oh, no, yeah, it's but in it's, in, it's in like our time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Oh, okay. okay. I'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, we're getting even more reports confirming that uh, Harrison Ford will be Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Going forward in the MCU. Which we discussed last episode Which we discussed a last, bit. Yes. Because we'd heard the first early rumors, and now there's more more people confirming it that they're sources and, and, and you know double sourcing. Yeah, is he the one who turns into the Red Hulk? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I think we were talking about how he wouldn't. I don't know about him being a Hulk. I don't know about him having a mustache. No. <laughs> Have we sure ever seen Harrison Ford with a mustache? He's had that. He. I can't think of it. I'm sure it's happened, but I just don't remember. I remember with a beard. In um, the fugitive, he's got like a full beard going at the yes. start of it. That was a good movie. Scruffy, yep. Yeah, that's a movie I haven't watched in quite mm-hmm. a while. Um, okay, so there's more reports also coming out that since uh, with the success of uh, Werewolf by Night, Marvel's going to be moving forward with more special presentations. Cool. Uh, and the one big rumor is that uh, well, first off, that's what we're going to get uh, a Nova one. Oh, so like, introduce Nova, like Nova Buckethead Nova. Uh, yes, like Buckethead Richard Ryder. Oh, okay. Oh, that's Richard Ryder is the rumored Nova. I don't know. I've, I've seen both now because I've also seen rumors of it being the kid, like the young. The yeah, because there's oh, is there a new in, one? Yeah, they're, they're well, slowly, you know, the, the younger guy that's the the, the Hispanic one that's been oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh the one who was, was on the, Nova and he gets his helmet. Yeah, yeah. he was on also, that Spider-Man cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah and one. he was uh, in Buckethead. the comics. He was on a team with Ms. Marvel, so that would kind of make sense if they introduced that one too. Yeah. I'm still hoping for a Squirrel Girl introduction. But yeah. uh, special presentation would be a perfect way for to get yes! for her, right? Oh my God, yes. Uh, the, ne- the next special presentation is the Guardians Christmas special, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the other one, the other big rumor is that going forward. That's how we're going to roll out X Men or mutants. Yeah, that, that I've seen characters. It, but I haven't seen any. Like, oh no, this it's total total rumor. Nothing, nothing official. Just like well, even the Nova one, nothing official. All talk, but that's what people are speculating. How they will uh, will get special presentations to introduce a bunch of characters, like one offs for their origins, yep. to get us a an X Men movie. What do what do you think of that idea? And which X Men do you use for it? I don't think you use like a whole like go through each member of the team because then you're looking at like eight different specials that you have to make over the next like. Well, isn't two, that three what years. the rumor is? is well, that's, gonna... well, like multiple specials, but like you, it it's for mutants, not necessarily X Men yeah. per se. But... I think it, what would be smart would be to introduce some of your, you know, maybe do one or two with. A big level character, yeah. But maybe you first, the first one you start off with someone like say, a B list mutant that you know, or even do the beginning of the animated X Men. Oh, Jubilee, oh, oh! At the mall, her powers hit. No, I got it. I got it. Okay. You do a you do a crazy seventies variety show Dazzler special. Oh <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we don't want you don't want it to be seventies. 
it has to be in modern times to fit in with everything. Sure. So a crazy modern well, Dazzler was... musical variety special. To, to be fair, you can still do that. That's with, a good idea. In today, modern times. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, that's, 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 that, that same type of thing. And then by the end of it, you see whoever they have tasked to be Professor X <laughs> show up to invite them to his school. What if they did like a uh, X or a Mutants Big Brother reality TV show? <laughs> 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 nope, no, no I, I like that idea. <laughs> That's when you introduce Mo- Mojo and Mojo World. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just for like, which X Men would you give those one shots to? Storm. Storm. You um, could tie I, Storm. Crawler would make a good one. Yeah, too. you could tie Storm into Black Panther and Wakanda. Uh huh. So yeah. that links it even closer yeah. to the I MCU. Think Colossus would be a good one for that kind of uh, thing. Deadpool. <laughs> I wonder if you ch- you have to now change up at this point a little bit with the Russian origin. Yeah, well, because it was sort of like the, some of the best stories about him and his origin are like due to the fact that like he left communist Russia. Yeah, you know, well now he's no now longer he's, a thing. But now he's leaving well, Putin's right. Russia. Yeah, yeah. I guess he could still do it. Now you're leaving despotic. Yeah, the only, and, the and only really, other part, bad part you, about that is like you bring magic in too because she was in that new movie, yeah, movie that I some would. people don't care for. No, but she was pretty cool in it. Oh, no, like, for sure. And now she's become kind of a star. What uh, you could Anna do is if you bring in, like if you do the Colossus, you could start it, you know, start it off as an old, younger one where maybe he did leave communist Russia and he's, a, he's an older mutant now. Could yeah. Be. And then that way you can have magic be there as his younger sister, who's like in her twenties. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny how we're all going back to the giant-sized X-Men lineup. What about um, what about uh, Betsy Braddock? So you could do Captain Britain. Yeah, yeah. That immediately you bring that in, like as a tie-in. I mean, not Captain Britain per se. Yeah, I don't think you you could do Wolverine. If you pick, I don't if you, think if you, you cast need a new to. one, but yeah, yeah. Like, there's some characters like Wolverine, like Jean, like Cyclops, even Storm. You don't need to reintroduce them. Yeah, but those could be the connecting characters that show up in every one shot that connects them all. No, but exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Storm has ever been well served by an X Men. Oh no, no. So I would love to see a Storm story. Yeah, me too. I'd like to see her like the Wakanda story, like where she's basically raised as the goddess. Yeah. Well, in, in the comics, it's not Wakanda that's doing. It yeah, I know, but I'm I'm thinking to tie it into no, the MCU. You can make I, it Wakanda. I could be mistaken, it's... but I think that's one of those few times where it's Marvel like made up African, made up country. African country. Yeah, oh. you know, like Wakanda. Yeah. So you could make it that yeah. is my point well, to tie well, it into the MCU. <laughs> or maybe you like have her on like because we also saw that Wakanda's got those villages on it. Yeah, like she's from one of the villages, and yeah, yeah I think that would be neat. Iceman is another one that I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, because his backstory is pretty, like, nondescript. (coughs) Moira? Yes, so yeah, there's all all kinds of options, right? You could do the Summers Family. Yeah. That whole... As a family sitcom. Family sitcom. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I'm moving away from the MCU, but sticking with Disney+. Plus. We got some more casting news for that Percy Jackson series. Yeah, I saw we that. Have I want to watch that. God of War, who will be played by friend of the show. Well, sort of. <laughs> he was on the show. Brent has talked to him a few times. 
Edge. Yeah. Cool. Good casting choice. Yeah. Like for that type of thing, and I think he. And he can act. He's been on Vikings, yep. so and, you know, multiple uh, seasons before in his downtime. That, oh, what was that? Money playing. He was on a show that for a while that was based off a Stephen King book, but it like went like completely. I don't know oh, from that book. The. Uh, the dome under the dome. No, oh. no. Before even before that, it, it oh. lasted like five or six seasons too. The dead zone. Nope. I don't remember. I know he was in Vikings. Yeah, he was in Vikings, and then he was in. Uh, he was. <laughs> uh, he was in that. The, the last time they did a movie for uh, Highlander. He was in that. Oh, he was in Intent Game. Because um, they make a crappy joke about his wrestling name in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious about that show. I never saw the movies or read the books, but I've always you thought the, seen the movies. Oh, you should sit down and watch them. They're fun. Oh, the Percy Jackson ones. Yeah. The books are great. The books are really good. Yeah. I I think I watched the first movie and I liked it. Yeah. The TV series is ignoring the movies, right? It's like reboot. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think I saw something where it looks sounds like the author kind of let slip that they've pretty much finished filming the series already. Nice. Yeah, Rick Riordan uh, is—he's done the Percy Jackson. He's done one on um, Egyptian mythology. He's done a series on Norse mythology. All very the sa- very much the same vein. Do they uh, all take place in the same universe? I don't or? think so. Oh, okay. No, they're all different, distinct series. So you don't need to have read Percy Jackson to read, uh, like the Norse one, for example. But it would be interesting if the different god if they did so the, the different children of the different gods of the different yeah I mean, interacted with one another. Yeah, but if if uh, you've got young adult kids, you know, tweens, it's a good series. Maybe I should buy one for Alexis. I don't know if she'd get into. Oh, Owen would probably read it. Hmm. Anyway, uh, okay, Christmas sorry. is coming. Got to think of presents for the kids. There you go. <laughs> uh, we got to dip our toes back into the MCU real quick uh, because I guess in an interview with Oscar Isaac's, uh, he did confirm we have not heard the last. Yay! Of Moon Knight. Yay! Well, I think the end of that show basically <laughs> confirmed that. Well, yeah, but, but know, even before, up until now, he, you know, he kept, you know, so now he's open to saying at least that, and then you know, declined any further comment as far as you know, into what capacity. Yeah. Well, who? It's interesting because we also got word this week that Blade has been delayed. You're jumping ahead on me. That's near oh, the end. Sorry, um, because they lost its director. I think we talked about. Well, we that lost about that. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And, but now it's completely, like, they've moved it in the schedule. Oh, yeah, so we'll jump ahead. Okay, so Blade <laughs> got bumped from November 3rd, 2023 to September 6th, 2024, which means Deadpool 3, which just announced its date of September 6th, 2024, has been moved. Two weeks later, it gets moved. <laughs> now it is coming out November 8th, 2024, which now means Fantastic Four is moving. Yeah. To February 14th, 2025, of course, Reed Richard would work on Valentine's Day. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Uh, and then it appears that uh, Avengers Secret Wars will now be released uh, May 5th, 2026. Mm-hmm. So, lots of all that. Well, that's what happens when you start release, uh, announcing movies Before two, three years away. start filming. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, things are going to get moved. Like, there's still movies... That we're good, that they haven't even announced yet that that are going to get slotted into these time frames, right? So, yep. so I have heard. I was listening to. Um, I listened to a 
a Marvel podcast, Marvel and MCU podcast. And apparently Mahershala, uh, Mahershala Ali did not like the script for Blade. And so that's sort of where this whole issue started from. Yeah. Uh, they had built sets. They had, you know, they were getting ready to start filming this month, Blade. And I, I think it sounds like from what I heard on this podcast, Ali said, uh, no, I don't like this script. He wanted it to be more like the Wesley Snipes Blade series. And uh, so uh, they had to find somebody to rewrite the script. And uh, the the director the director couldn't take the time and i don't think i don't think i think he his input into the script was what ali didn't like so i think there's some a little bit of bad blood in here uh at least according to rumor yeah the the Uh, other thing with with him coming on somebody pointed it out like this is really like his his movie because he requested to play Blade. Like, yes, he, he went did. Marvel to do it. They didn't come to him, right? And then Marvel went, "Oh, we, yes, we will take you Academy Award winning actor <laughs> who wants to be in one of our superhero right. things." But he wants to be Wesley Snipes. Yeah, and I, I, I get the impression that the script from for Blade, MCU Blade, wasn't wasn't that. So I'm, I'm curious because like. The, what the like because now I, they're not exactly stuck but they do have to make good with him because he's already sort of been introduced a little bit <clears throat> yes and blade apparently they they are seeding some like plot lines for future mcu stuff into blade yeah. so that all has to be taken into account as well so um you know uh it could lead to like a midnight suns kind of a thing. And, uh, it could, it could also lead towards Kang as well. So there's a lot of pieces that are, that are in, in flux because of this sort of upheaval in blade. So it also doesn't, isn't surprising in the fact that like when you think of blade, you think of Wesley Snipes because that character was a non entity until yes. played him in a movie. Right. Yeah. And then the comic book version of Blade changed to be the Wesley Snipes version of it. That's why yeah. he looks the way he does now. Yeah. And like all the story beats. Like when before that, he was in like a neon green and yellow costume yeah. and sunglasses. Like, you know, it wasn't the same character at all. But... All right. Next, next, um, Good Omens season two has announced it will come out summer of twenty twenty three. Woo! I am an, I enjoyed Good Omens, so I cannot wait to see what uh, what they've done with it. Yeah, and same here. I'm I'm of the understanding that Terry Pratchett gave Neil Gaiman his blessing to write more. So yes and no. Um, he, he Pratchett died before this series was ever a thing. But they had discussed doing a sequel at some point, like to the novel. Yes, that's and what I meant. They have like a they had like a plot. They didn't have like an actual book written or anything. Right. They had like a story. Now to go with that, I read that this season is not going to be following that, but oh. that season three would be following the the non used uh, plans. So maybe that plot requires a bit of work to get to. Where in a novel you could do that easily enough, yeah. but in a show like uh, to get to that point, we need to get a couple other ducks in a row here, yeah. so we have right. to do a season in between. 
which also is good news. It sounds like we're getting a season three. Yeah. Uh, we got a new trailer for Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. Oh. I don't want to watch it because I'm still two seasons behind. Oh, my little my little classic Whovian heart is is beating quickly. I cannot wait to see this because two two classic companions from the fifth and the seventh Doctor are are going to be in this episode. Who's the seventh Doctor? Uh, the seventh Doctor was was um uh. Sylvester McCoy. Oh, okay, gotcha. So uh, we know that Tegan, the Fifth Doctor's companion, and Ace, the Seventh Doctor's companion, are going to appear in this. The Master is back. The uh, and it's Jodie Whittaker's last episode, so there's going to be a regeneration. Rumor is she regenerates into David Tennant. Really? Because yeah, there is a, for a because while. David Tennant and Catherine Tate have filmed something for the 60th anniversary. Huh. So then what, he's going to regenerate into the new Doctor then? Yes. Okay. So he comes back as briefly as the Doctor and then regenerates again? Apparently. That's We're not weird. sure. We don't know. Uh, and, you know. See, because I could see, I know that the, the, I heard the things about him filming for the 60th, but I just assumed it was going to be like the other anniversary one. Yeah. Was just like a story of him popping into this timeline that's and not, all about it again. That's not what the rumors in Doctor Who circles oh, are no? saying. Okay. Huh. So I don't think so. The new doctor is Shuri Gatwa, uh, who's on Sex Education, and he's a a young, good-looking black man. And uh, I don't think I don't even think he's filmed anything yet. Yeah, he's just been cast. Yeah, well, unless he has filmed stuff. And we I mean, we know we know about we know about his casting. We know about the casting of his companion, who is also called Rose. So. Uh, I don't know. I I know. I th- I think it's very interesting and exciting what's come what's going to happen with Doctor Who in the next few years. So this episode, the Power of the Doctor, is the Jody's last episode, which airs next week. I think the twenty. 20- oh, so that's soon. Yeah, it's wow. before the end of October, and uh, it's part of the celebration of the one hundredth anniversary of the BBC. And uh, and then the celebrations for Doctor Who's sixtieth start. So do we get a, a holiday special this year then? As far as I know, no. Okay. And I'm not sure when the new series will start either. Russell T. Davies, the the first showrunner of New Who, is back as the showrunner again. And it's actually been the rights to Doctor Who have sort of been taken out of the BBC. And Russell T. Davies' production company is like in charge of the Doctor who universe now. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, I think we got to get ready for the beginning of a Doctor Who cinematic universe. I think there's going to be spinoffs. I think we're going to get maybe the odd movie with like untold stories of older Doctors. I think uh, I I think we're in for big things with Doctor Who in the next few years. So I better catch up. I got a Blu-ray player. I just needed to get a, a HDMI cable, and then I don't remember where I put it. So yeah, I'll, I'll figure out how to plug that in today. I love Jodie Whittaker as the just doctor. Take the one out of your PlayStation and use it. No, I use my PlayStation. Yeah, but you, you can only use your PlayStation and your Blu-ray and your Blu-ray player. You've also time. used the PlayStation as a Blu-ray player. That's what I thought she was pointing at. But no, I got a new Blu-ray player. <laughs> 
Uh, I love I love Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Some of her stories aren't that great, but she's great, and her yeah. her supporting cast is well, great. We've, we've seen that in a bunch of things before, right? It's the not the actor and the character might be fine. Sometimes the stuff surrounding them isn't. Yeah, I'd say that about Pierce Brosnan's James Bond. I think he was a perfectly great James Bond. Yeah. I just think the movies that he made, not very good for the most part. And I think they've made some really interesting choices with the Doctor yeah. in the last couple of years, too. And so I'm interested to see where it goes from here. And, uh, yeah. I'm glad that the show takes breaks from time to time. You know, Doctor Who, new Doctor Who has been on TV for 16 years at this point (laughs) but it takes breaks every now and then like we'll do 10 episodes and then knock another 10 episodes for two years right so it is and i'm glad i'm glad they're doing that or one of the panel shows so yeah so uh i i'm very excited for the future of doctor who uh did any of you ever finish uh the cartoon on Netflix, The Dragon Prince. I know I watched no. the three seasons that were on. No, I tried to watch it, and then I didn't get into it again. So. Yeah, I couldn't, um, it didn't catch it's me. So, it's very good. Uh, so we got a trailer for the fourth season, um, which I didn't wasn't even sure if we were going to be getting one. It's been a little while now, but uh, yep, so we were getting that. And it looks good. It has some, raises some interesting questions about some of the characters and where they've been and what's going on, but... Uh, uh, and then into, well, I guess we got our first look at Uncle Fester in the new uh, Wednesday series that's coming. Yeah, that looks interesting, the, the trailer. Uh, it looks Jen good. Jen showed me the second trailer because the first trailer did nothing for me. I'm like, eh. I'll, I'll. It looks like creepy Hogwarts. Yeah, but even like, I don't. Or like Dead Boy Detectives. Which is a. a Side note: That's a series that's coming to HBO Max. Oh yeah, yeah. which which is Dead Boy Dead Detectives? Boy Detectives. Oh, it's a spinoff from Sandman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, okay, spoilers for season two or possibly season three of Sandman Netflix in the, that hasn't even started rolling yet. In seasons of Mist, um, Lucifer gives up hell for a little while. Well, forever, actually. Okay. Um, and the dead start coming back. Including these two kids who were, well, one was dead, dead, and one is murdered shortly afterwards. And when I say kids, they're like, I I think they're like, just like 12. Kind yeah, of they're okay. young. So they got their own spinoff comics later on because for whatever reason, Neil Gaiman's thought was, well, of course they went off and became detectives. Well, no, didn't they solve their own murders? They solved their own yeah, murders. Yeah, so they so were the, detectives. The natural conclusion sort of. was do, they become like do, the Hardy Boys, ghosts, but dead. How do ghosts solve crimes? No, oh, they're not ghosts. They're kind of zombies. Okay. Because they're brought back to, like, they're, they're, they're right, walking around. They're from the dead. Are they, yeah, are no, they alive? Or? It's been a while since I've read it. I thought they were ghosts. Maybe uh, I'm thinking no, of like, something else. people can see them. Okay. Yeah. Because that's part of that storyline is, like, the headmaster... From like the the eighteen hundreds because it's at a private school. He yeah. comes back too, and like all the living students have to put up with like the dead ones and stuff that are there. Is yeah. Anyways, so there was that, and then we jump into Kevin's wheelhouse, and we got our uh, trailer for season three of Picard, and our first look at season five of Disco. Yes. Discovery. 
I'm I am cautiously optimistic about season three of Picard mm. um, because it really is like more like season eight of Star Trek The Next Generation because all of those characters are back. Yeah. Um, I'm a little sad that it has moved some of my favorite Picard characters off the board like Rios and Elnor and Agnes. Uh, well, we don't know that they've moved off the board. Well, Rios is living in the 21st century, so... Oh, yeah, he stayed behind, didn't he? (laughs) And Agnes is the Borg Queen. uh, Spoiler. And Elnor has just hasn't been the actor hasn't been signed wasn't signed for season three and neither was uh, neither was the actress who played soji so uh those characters are just off the board and uh my fear is that this will be a fan service season because we also saw moriarty and lore in the trailer (laughs) so i was like we're gonna bring back everything you loved about star trek the next generation uh so I'm excited because I do love these characters. I do a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. It is my my all-time favorite TV show. But I'm also afraid that it's going to just be a whole fan service thing. Now, uh, they have asked about – someone asked at New York Comic Con about what happens next. And uh, while there is no Picard season four, Alex Kurtzman has said that – this is not the last we've seen of some of these characters. So I think there may be a spinoff of Picard because because this time period, this post-Next Generation time period, is the time period when most of the fans of my age, like we grew up with the 24th century Star Trek, right? So we want to see more of this universe. Yeah. So I think, I wouldn't be surprised if Seven gets her own show. That would be my logical thought. Somebody set that up right in the first season. Somebody else asked if um, we're ever going to see live-action Janeway and that was not that was not uh, dismissed out wholeheartedly. So whether that means we're going to get a Janeway cameo in this season of Picard, because they can't have shown us everything in the trailer, oh, no. right? Uh, but Admiral Janeway is still out there, and yeah. uh, and she's connected with everything with in, with her voicing. Uh, character in that in the, she's voicing two characters on Prodigy. Oh, yeah, she's voicing hologram Janeway and Admiral Janeway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I'm I'm uh, I am cautiously optimistic about Picard. And um, oh shoot, I'm having a brain fart. Um, Riker, what's his actor's name? Jonathan, Jonathan Frakes. Frakes. Um, I read a headline where he was said that you know this would not be the last we'd see of him too. Yeah, so maybe he. I could see him maybe getting. Or at least being involved in something going forward after Picard. Yeah, I asked. I was. We did a uh, uh, a roundtable for our Patreons on the BQN network uh, last night. We were talking about Picard, and I asked the question: Do you think all of our favorite next gen characters will come out of season three of Picard alive? Dun dun dun. No, and. Who who would get written off? Picard. The, you think Picard will die? Again? I was going to say, didn't he already die? Uh, he was given 20 more years in his robot body. Uh. I, get, I can see them, like, him going off into the sunset. Because there's also rumors that Deanna doesn't make it out alive. Uh, that but would make she, an interesting story point. But she's a mother. Like, she's exactly. got a teenage daughter, and they were living such an idyllic life yeah, on that planet. But her daughter's... 
you know, coming about that age to be able to join Starfleet herself. Yeah. Well, there's also talk of like a next next generation too, because two of the new characters that are introduced that we see them both in this trailer are the LaForge sisters. Yes, because yeah, um, one of them is one of them is, is, is his actual daughter, daughter Misha Burton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's two LaForge sisters, and uh, um, so that, that there's a beginning of a, a next next generation. Yeah. I'd be on board with watching that too. Like, and you, you keep a couple of the older characters around as the you know the captain or the admiral or somebody in charge, and you start bringing in some of these the children of or just another a new generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, thank thanks to Ryan, I now have access to all that stuff. So. Shh, you're not supposed to talk about that. Edit that out. The Discovery trailer just looks – it looks fine. It looks interesting. I, I think from the tone of that, we're not getting a universe-ending uh, catastrophe. It looks more like a scavenger hunt. Like maybe it's sort of a – we've got to zip around the galaxy to yeah. collect things for some oh, purpose. For the, of the short series, you mean? For the new season of Discovery. Oh, Discovery. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I, I got to admit – now that like Jen and I will have the ability to catch up on Star Trek stuff, the one that I'm really looking forward to catching up on is Lower Decks. Yeah, oh, me too. I do quite. A, you know, this week's Lower Decks was another fun. We're one. gonna probably have to start it over though because I barely remember what That's happened. Okay. And um, uh, they announced a couple of new cast members for Discovery, including is it Callum Keith Rennie? I don't know. I that's oh, from it. you got so, my news. I'm uh, here's where I like show like my nerdiness. I know he's been on tons of things. Like I know he was on, uh, oh, Deuce, Deuce South. Was that the Mountie one? Yeah, I remember. He was Deuce on South. one of the seasons of that. But I know him from he was in Hardcore Logo, which is a great Canadian. Yeah, about, rock band. So he's, get he's playing a um, he's playing a captain who butts heads with Burnham. I believe so. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and there's a couple of other new characters as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know much about Discovery. They haven't even given a release date for the for the fifth season of Discovery oh, yet. No. Okay. So we the thinking the current thinking is so the season of there's two more episodes of Lower Decks this season I think three two or three. It overlaps with the next with the second half of season one of Prodigy that starts at the end of this month. We know the Picard date is February. We know Strange New Worlds is coming after that. We're guessing that we might not get Discovery Season 3 until after the next season of Strange New Worlds. Oh, wow. Because they're still filming Discovery Season 5, but they've wrapped on Strange New Worlds Season 2. Oh, have they? Okay. Then that makes sense if they're still filming. In fact, at New York Comic Con last week, um, Sonequa Martin-Green wasn't there. She was teleconferenced in from the bridge of the discovery hmm. um that it for news that's for it me, for right? me so i was going to throw something out that our friend rex pointed out okay that is just a small bit and uh will mean something to our canadian listeners but will not mean much to anybody outside of Canada. <laughs> is on crave the raccoons has appeared. Yay! <laughs> a seminal Canadian cartoon, but not only remastered. that, it's been remastered. <gasps> Sweet. Like I saw, like the com- somebody did some comparisons. Yeah, in that a, I saw those pictures too. Rex and yeah. like, wow, they like somebody went in and spent money and cleaned this show up. Yeah. 
So I just thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit because somebody somewhere thinks that like it's worth cleaning up and keeping on that streaming service. That, and, that's a, like one of those seminal parts of like oh yeah. my childhood. It's interesting to me that it's on Crave and not Gem. Yeah. Because it, because I consider it a CBC show. Because it was on CBC, but maybe they didn't own it. Because didn't it air right after Fraggle Rock on Sunday nights? Wasn't it Raccoons yeah, and Fraggle Rock yeah. and then Disney? Uh, that yeah, was so your Saturday, I, Sunday night? So I remember, you're definitely right, because that was one of the shows we would watch while mom and dad were doing dishes at the cottage before we would come home on Sunday nights. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd usually be like Fraggle Rock, that, and the uh, the world of Disney. Yes. Right after. And we'd only catch like the first like 15, 20 minutes of whatever World of Disney was that week, and then we'd be on the boat on the way home. But, yeah. All right. So, a couple MCU properties this week. Let's talk about She Hulk first, (laughs) because I have a feeling there is going to be some interesting discussions on this last little bit of She Hulk. And then we'll talk about Werewolf by Night. Both. Um, I'm going to start with Jen for She-Hulk because we just finished the episode like 20 minutes ago, half an hour ago. Excellent. Um, or half an hour before we start with Yeah, yeah. Jen. Yes. So let's get your take on the, the final episode of She-Hulk and what you thought of the show on a whole. So spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. I really wanted to like this show more. I just, it just, it was all right. It was okay. Um, I did not like the ending. I feel like that stupid detour completely undercut the whole point of the episode. Oh, I totally disagree with you. And I think that had they just done the ending that Jen described to the robot, uh, it would have been more cohesive and it would have been more impactful and it would have made more sense, I suppose. Like, I understand she's breaking the fourth wall through the, the whole show, fair enough. But like, she literally walks through the fourth wall and is in the real world. And is it's it just completely took me out of the show and made me go, what the hell? This is completely unnecessary. They're just doing it for a gag. It's not even that funny. Although I did like Kevin Feige as a robot. That was funny. But I didn't think that it was necessary. I thought that they should have just like exactly what she says in the show. She's like, you don't need to physically have your character say it. It's a television show. You can show it. And having uh, Todd become a Hulk and Bruce Banner sweep in to save the day. She was right. Is unnecessary and irrelevant. And so they took it out. But they instead of having her have to go and say it they should have just done it because I think that it would have been more impactful to have the viewer come to the conclusion of this isn't how superhero shows typically end instead of them basically smacking you over the head with it. That's my opinion. (laughs) Okay. So since you have argument, Kevin counterpoint. Okay. So it seems to me that one of the entire premises of She-Hulk is, is that we are, we are Butting up against the arguments that f- online culture makes. Yes. And so she is dealing with that in universe, you know, that's what intelligentsia was. And it's a comment on 
on toxic fandom outside of the of the universe as well. And I think the fact that like she sees what's going on at the retreat when Bruce shows up and Abomination and he hulks out and then Titania shows up for no reason and she realizes that she doesn't have control of her own storyline here. So she takes the control by breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Which is something that she's done in the comics too, right? Like this is this is a trope that goes back to the 80s John Byrne run of the comic. So so the way that she takes the control is by is by confronting the creator and which in this case is Kevin, the Marvel Universe creating robot intelligence. <laughs> so I think and, and by by breaking the fourth wall, she's talking to us and the toxic fandom all at the same time. And and so she has taken she has taken control of her own story in a way that no other Marvel character ever has. Now does that break the MCU? No, because if we ever see She-Hulk again outside of a She-Hulk TV series, we don't have to talk about that because to the people who are still in the story, none of that none of that Todd hulking out, none of Bruce showing up to save the day, none of not, that didn't happen. And we don't need to see how it ended because because she's she's gone and changed it herself from the outside. So, I feel like it, it really it really is a story about her taking control of her own storyline and and I love that. I thought it was fun. I'm on team Kevin You're on this on one. Kevin. Uh I have to agree. Like I thought like, I thought it was stupid but all of a sudden you know, oh so he's hulking out. Yeah. Bruce yeah, no, that out. part was totally and stupid. Think, yeah, and, and for her to actually be able to do something about it and change the ending, I think, okay, well, that's great. I thought that you know, I enjoyed Kevin, the robot. Um, everybody kept telling you, you know, the whole part was, was she's trying to get, you know, she goes to the writer's room and they're all like, oh, well, the thing is, the, this was a great ending, though, which is like, we always see about these writer's rooms on these shows where the, there's like one guy who like pushes the narrative and it's, it's like the stupidest ideas. And this is in her writing's writer's room too. It's like, there's like the one person or the one or two people that are like, oh no, this is the greatest thing ever. And it's just like, they're patting each other on the back until she's like, no, this sucks. <laughs> we need to change this ending. And those were the real writers. Some of them were. That was Jessica I, Gao. I <laughs> recognized like a couple of them from the various like, well, those like from the yeah, Marvel Assembled, the, the Marvel Assembled <laughs> ones. The uh, the the I I, I don't want to miss race cast but the the black guy with the the afro uh-huh. that they showed. I've seen him in yeah. a couple things, or at least in the background of like a couple of those writer room shots. The woman that she yeah. talked to most was Jessica Gao, yeah. the head writer and showrunner of the series. <laughs> so I'm kind of like I'm more on Jen's side and in the middle a little bit, I guess. Like there's aspects that I I liked of it. I almost thought like the the breaking of the fourth wall stuff went on too long. Okay, maybe. Like it, like I almost feel like she should have just like we should have almost skipped the writers' room part and just hear her go to Kevin and we discover that Kevin Feige's a a robot, a robot. Out of portal. Um, I think did you get Mojo? Did you get Mojo vibes from him? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the, because of the design and everything else, it was it reminded me a lot of the the robots from Portal. The, the yeah, okay. they did look like those. <laughs> um, but uh, the 
the thing that I think the the one thing about it is like I am not a stickler necessary for continuity purposes, uh-huh. but because they did like such a break of the fourth wall, if she, if she had instead like decided that's not how she wanted the show to end and like almost like Superboy punched reality and it rewound a bit and they changed the ending to it I wouldn't question certain things so okay so here's the the big spoiler again warnings for the end of the show and possibly for the MCU is Hulk shows up at the family barbecue with his son Scar, uh-huh. which is uh, a pretty big storyline from the Hulk books yep. in the past. Now, because they did all that, the like the huge breaking of the fourth wall, it now makes you kind of question whether that actually happened or not. In some ways, what do you mean? Because well, now is like the the show is almost like a show. If this that makes any sense, right? Like the like does it is this considered MCU canon at this point? Or is it She Hulk canon? Like they almost seem like they could be two separate things. Kinda of like Deadpool. Like what know. happened to Deadpool movies was not necessarily what happened in the X Men universe. No. But I just because well, because the character hadn't you know has been established in the comics that she breaks the fourth wall and all that. Yeah. And even this already happening in the comics. I don't see why, because you, like you said before, or you know, because she changed the ending, the, the ending, the the way it started never happened. Mm. So Bruce, you know, didn't show up at that point. He didn't show up he, until the family barbecue with his son, and he had already been gone to Scar. Even if he did, you know, we have no way of knowing that when he showed up to save the day, that Scar was wouldn't have been there with him then too, no. because that's part of the whole reason he went to to Scar. And I kind of hope we never see Planet Hulk. That we just know it happened and that Scar is now well, part of the Hulk, MCU. Uh, Planet, Planet Hulk already Hulk's happened. Happening. Planet Hulk It happened. happened. Planet well, Hulk it, is it Thor. Yeah, true. That's Planet Hulk. We're not going to get another... If anything, we'll get a World War Hulk. That's what I meant. We're I, not gonna get I don't, I don't care if we see that. Like, we All we need to know is that Hulk went back to that planet picked up his son, and came home. And that's all we need to know of that story. Well, no, and, and, well, that's, and that's that story. Like World War Hulk, because even his son wasn't even involved in World War Hulk either. World War Hulk was when Hulk left Planet Hulk to come back to Earth to get revenge because right. he was pissed at the Illuminati because he blamed them for his the ship that Right. He was sent to and, blowing up and killing his wife. And this Hulk isn't pissed. No, and that's the thing. That's why everybody keeps talking about us getting all oh, World War Hulk. We're not. If, if we get yeah, a World quite. War Hulk, it won't be the same. Yeah. And guess what? We've got another young Avenger now. We've got young Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which is different because he wasn't the same. No, it's not the same as the one from from that the Hulk young Avengers. Completely different. Yeah, he was a scroll. Yeah. yeah, but if they did a World War Hulk, I could see it being more of a. A big battle or something story like involving multiple hulks and yeah. just use that same title like they did with civil war was not the same civil war that we got yeah they'll just reuse the just title. using the title yeah. but now so now we've got well three hulks and an abomination we're on our way to getting possibly a red hulk which she name dropped which was funny he's like what now we're gonna get red hulk too and yeah. which a bunch of fans were wait were kind of, some fans were expecting to see in this but if it's if the rumors of that we've talked about before were it's going to be Harrison Ford, Harrison there Ford was no way they were de- debuting that no. in this show. Yeah. 
No, especially not not without announcing that he's the new Thaddeus Ross. Yeah. That's too big of a, a news thing. For that's him. a movie reveal. Yeah. If, they, if they're going to keep it quiet and secret, that's a movie reveal, not a show reveal. Yeah. Um, all right. So, overall, I liked the series. It's not my favorite MCU series, but I did enjoy it. Yep. And I think it, I think it's one of those things that, like, if they get a second season I and they keep the kind of, like, the same team of writers, I think it will get better. Yeah, I I. I think we're going to get a second season of this well, one. Well, she seems to be, of course, you know, MCU Marvel snipers. Maybe she's just <laughs> aware of them. But she seems to be kind of downplaying the idea of a second season. And yep. she's done a couple of interviews where she she basically is like, "Oh, uh, I think this might be it." But every one of them coming out of a show has said, "Oh, well, yeah, no, it's yeah. just the one season and that's it and one and done and Pause for a photo break. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, they threw the trains right off the tracks here. Yeah. I did I did enjoy it, though, on a whole. It's yeah. not my favorite, but it was, I don't think it's nearly as bad as some of the people out there. No, I, don't, I didn't think it was bad. It's not... I mean, we'll have to do a ranking maybe the next episode. Um, I would watch season two. Um, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I'm like... I still feel like the ending just kind of undermined the whole show. I, I totally get your point, Kevin, and I feel like that makes a lot of sense and I see where that comes from, but I just feel like they could have done it in a way that was a little less shattering the fourth wall. More in-universe. Yeah. I don't, like, to me, a television show is is like you're watching a universe. You're watching its own reality. You're watching its own contained world right and when they break through that into our world to enact changes to their world it loses me i don't like that because i like it's it's completely its own it's suspension of disbelief it's complete fantasy i don't like it when they if it's not supposed to be in our world i don't like it when suddenly they're in our world like that just it's jarring. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> Can we talk about something else from the episode for a minute? Of course. Okay. I loved the shot-for-shot shot recreation of the Incredible yeah. Hulk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like, yeah. Okay. I just started snickering the minute it happened. Okay, so the Hulk that they had for that, like the, the, the She-Hulk that they had for that, uh-huh. I wish that they had used that She-Hulk instead of the CGI That was just an actor painted green. Yes. No, but that's better because that one, she had muscles. (laughs) She was correct proportions. She looked human. Like, the the CGI still bugs the hell out of me in this show. I thought the CGI looked better in the last episode than it had throughout the rest. And I I saw somebody post, like, I hope they go back and remaster the show. Maybe, yeah. uh, yeah. But I would have, like, when I saw that one, the first thing I thought of, like, that's what she's supposed to look like. Like, I, I, a human. I love I love touches like when Kevin says to, can you change back into Jen? It just costs too much to have you in She-Hulk form. Wait, do it off camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, and I really love uh, the pairing of Jen and Matt Murdock. I think that's yeah. absolutely adorable. Do you think we'll see Jen in Daredevil? Brent he doesn't see, think so, I but I would love to. So it's it's hard to say. If Born Again is reference to like the fact that it is now Daredevil on Disney Plus as opposed to Netflix and not really super connected to the Born Again story, right? 
I can see that. Well, they've like, already right. technically done the Born Again they, story. They have done good chunks of it, yeah. See, now I have no interest in watching the Netflix Daredevil. I tried it and didn't couldn't dark. get into it because it was so dark. But seeing him in She-Hulk makes me want to watch the Daredevil Born Again to see if it's a little bit lighter. Like, I don't expect it to be a comedy like She-Hulk. No. But, but like, the Mark Wade run of Daredevil was brighter. Yeah. Yeah. No, very true. And if Jen shows up in it, wouldn't that be awesome if season two of She-Hulk is her moving to Hell's Kitchen? Because <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a job at GLA. Yeah, exactly. Anymore. She doesn't have a job. Why not? <laughs> yeah, but she, she did take dude to court, so she might have enough money to start up her own firm. If, yeah. That's true. It's like, kind of like positioned as kind of like pharma bro, right? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 He had like crap tons of money. Unless uh, Wakanda took all his money. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, right. I'm sure the Wakandans spear. have good lawyers. <laughs> I'm just going through the uh, the the credits of the the episode, and there is a crap ton of like there's at least five guys who are listed as bro number one. <laughs> I want to know more about Wong's relationship with Abomination. Uh, like, where did that, other than that that brief little appearance in Shang-Chi, where did that come from? Like, why is Wong, and why are Wong and Abomination such buds? Well, Wong said himself that he was using him as a training partner yeah. to help keep himself, the, his, the, his own skills but, and his powers as uh, Sorcerer Supreme, right? So it kind of makes sense where you have to find, you'd have to find someone strong and powerful that he could easily fight with. Somewhere and well, I'm not surprised to see Wong go into the you know the underground fight club scene. Yeah, from everything we've seen in him over the the movies that we've seen of him, right? As his character has developed. But then, stuff, like at so. the end, when the in the cutscene where he's just like basically takes him away to whatever not the a land bar or whatever they, they the, whatever their land is, like I don't know. Well, that I think doesn't kind of feels bad because you know, he you know it's like. He was part of the problem, and he helped him get out. But then it's like, you know, they, 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 like you said, they become buds. Yeah. So when he was him and Madison, ago, they might have gone and picked him up a few times to come and hang out and do stuff. And I was like, okay, you went back to jail because you were being abomination. I need you to be abomination so we can practice and fight together. <laughs> I'll break you out. Come on, let's go. What are they gonna do? What are they? Arrest the Sorcerer Supreme. Good luck. Got to find me first. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. We learned. In these last couple of episodes, that the uh, the accords have been rescinded, the Sokovia yeah. Accords. Yes, because that's the first time we've heard that, yeah. which makes you wonder why the damage control people uh, were so hell bent on getting unregistered or unlicensed uh, heroes. Right, that's why they went after Miss Marvel. Yep. Oh, right. So, did it happen? Like, when did the rescinding happen? Or did it get replaced with something? I, I it might have been rescinded and replaced with something else. Yeah, it might have been just some American law. Yeah. But I, I think because the Avengers saved the universe, you know, and unsnapped the snap, if this, if they had had to go through the Sokovia Accords to do it, that never would have happened. So yeah. I think. But, oh, no, yeah. I can totally understand that's why it happened. Yeah. And it makes sense to me. I just wonder when. Like, you know, because... It's a, a law, and it's a you know a, a UN resolution, and blah blah blah. It wouldn't have been one of those. Okay, let's just you know, 
well, I guess there's some unregistered heroes that kind of help save the day. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't. Uh, maybe we should give them some leeway. I can still see there being a lot of opposition to be no heroes need to be controlled. We need to be on top of this, hmm. especially countries that don't have a lot of heroes in it or don't want necessarily want unlicensed heroes coming in and interfering in their country's polit- politics. Right. Yeah. But uh, I thought as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, very interesting. So moving on from She-Hulk to something completely different in the MCU. Yes. Uh, Werewolf by Night. The Is this the first one-shot special that they've done like on Disney yes. Plus? Yes. Because they, they did do a bunch of like one-shots on like the DVDs for the MCU's. Yeah, those were like short films. Once yeah. Upon a Time uh, on the Way to, or, to Thor's Hammer, yeah, and... which are now all available on Disney Plus, by the way, in case anybody's looking for yep. them. Yep. Um, I really dug this. Yes. I, I like the fact that, like again, part of the reason why I liked She-Hulk when we started watching She-Hulk was it was different. Yep. Like, it's MCU, but we're going for a completely different tone. And again, spoilers here. Um, this was definitely like you know, kind of universal monsters, but also leaning heavy into like the seventies Hammer horror films of like the Christopher Lee Draculas and stuff like that. Uh, I really enjoyed this one shot. I enjoyed the fact that like really the werewolf is not the main bad guy in it. No. And, well, or sorry, the main monster that they're hunting in it. The bad guy turns out to be man. As is per usual uh-huh. in these cases, but the fact that Man Thing was the creature they're hunting front and center in this, I was so happy. What was his name? Like Jim or something? Ted. 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 Um, especially since it's like it was like you know it threw you off the scent a little bit. Yep. I'm sure there was a couple of people who were out there who were going like, where, where's the werewolf? Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't really appear until no. like, the end of the episode. And then there's murder. This is probably the most violent MCU thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also works great in black and white. white. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw the trailer, I was completely uninterested. Like, I'm like, nope, don't want to see this. This looks dumb. Not my thing. Don't want to watch it. Um, but then we watched it, and it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. So I feel like the trailer, in my opinion, for me, the trailer did not do it any justice. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it for all the same reasons. I really liked that, you know, Man Thing showed up. I liked that um, <laughs> we renamed all the characters because <laughs> none of them. I renamed all the characters. There I was. Admit I did rename you were talking. The, like, you were calling them that too, though. Well, I was also calling like the, the other guy not Blade. Yeah. So there was the Viking. There was not Blade, and there was David Bowie. <laughs> Those were the hunters, mm-hmm. and then Jack Russell Terrier uh-huh. um, and Elsa and Elsa. Elsa got her own name. Yeah. Um, and then we spent a long time trying to figure out who the crazy stepmother was, and we found out it was. Um, from she she she, she Frazier's agent. Yeah, Frazier's agent on oh, Frazier. Yeah. We were like, this is really bugging us. Where the hell do we know her from? But I really liked like what Brian was saying. I really liked that the werewolf was not the villain. Like yeah. I liked that the werewolf was the hero. He was just trying to get in here to rescue his friend. Yeah. And I love the the conversation. It's like, yeah, I'm here again. I'm, I'm always gonna get you out. Like I love that they were buddies. 
And I loved at the end that Man Thing comes back to save him. And then they had that. He went that way. Yeah. Um, I liked Elsa. I thought she was a great character. Yeah. Um, And I liked that she, even though she's from this monster hunting family and like this legacy of monster killers, that she can basically put all that aside to work with the werewolf to save Man Thing. I mean, because she wants the stone, but in the end of it, it also seems to me like because she, you know, cares about the guy, at least as a friend level. Um, I thought the acting was great. It was, yeah, it was really good. Like, like I said, the trailer did made it seem awful, and the actual show was fantastic. I loved, I loved that it was in black and white, except yeah. for the red bloodstone. I yes. thought that was a really effective. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked. So it was directed by. A composer, right? Michael Giacchino. Yeah, he was the oh. guy who does. Uh, he created the the Marvel fanfare. Yeah. Oh. Bum, 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 cool. bum, bum. So like, it had that sort of quality to it. You know, it 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 flowed well. I I liked that it it also that it looked like a 1930s Universal horror, uh, monster film. I I liked that about it, and uh, I liked that there were no connect. There was no direct connections to the rest of the Marvel universe. Yeah. No. There was nothing. Nothing in it that said this is part of the MCU. Other than the very beginning where they show the Avengers. Did they show the Avengers? Yeah, yeah they, oh. for like, like the, two seconds. Yeah, well, and, and not even the Avengers. Like, they're silhouettes when they're yeah. doing the, the prologue to the, right. the, the actual story. Because that's, that's also, like, kind of the interesting thing is it's one of the few things that, like, puts a date. Yeah, we were trying to figure show. out the timeline, like... When does this take place? Because so it's in black and white. It's post-snap then? Yeah. Yeah. But because it's in black and white and because there's not a heck of a lot of technology around, yeah. you don't see cell phones or computers or like anything. Um, they don't really... <laughs> the quote-unquote technologies they use to reanimate the dead dude, uh, which gave me ideas for when you die, Brent. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which will be a very long time from now. Um, like, it's not a, animatronic. It's a guy cranking it. So it's like, it was very hard to put this in a time. Yeah. Which, I, and then like in the crypt, there was lights. Like they, they had lit up uh, names for the crypts. And it was really interesting the way that they did that. I also like, um, who's the actor who plays Jack Russell in it? Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah. He was good. I love some of like the small choices he made as an actor where because he's a werewolf, he somewhere in his head he's like, Okay, some of the things that I'm going to do are going to be like a wolf or a dog. Like when he scratches his ear, he scratches it like a dog. Like he <laughs> does like the repeated like I didn't notice that, but that's cool. I did. There's a couple things he does like that. And especially like you get the big thing where he he like sniffs Elsa up and down in order to get her, get her sense to remember it when he changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't hold like, and I think this should serve as a good thing for Disney Plus and the MCU. Of like, we don't necessarily need an eight episode or twelve episode season of a character. You can do a forty-five minute one shot. Yep, and it will serve that character up perfectly. Give them a good little prequel to whatever movie or series you're going to throw them in later. Yep, and like like this worked great. Like uh, like I don't think it overstayed its welcome, and it was like, but it was like, oh, I'd like to see more of those characters. But the story is done. I'm good with 
this particular episode done. I think one thing that would be cool if they started doing is they, you know, we get our still get our shows and we get our movies and all that, but you know, once a month we get a special presentation. To you don't think that's too many? I don't know because I, want, I, I, I like content. I want more yeah. Marvel content. I'm happy. <laughs> I, I don't know if I go once a month, but more regular. No, or yeah. once maybe, a quarter maybe. Then, and then we're getting our you know. Because well, even if you know, even if it's every other month, because if you think of now we get this one, and then in December is it? We're getting December the, we're the, getting the the, the, the the Christmas special. Yeah, every couple months. So then you know, you split it in. You know, you have it go between movies, so you avoid the same. You know, don't come out the same month as a movie, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Unless it's going to tie into that movie. Mm. So you're just saying right. like, pick. Pick minor characters from yeah, the MCU. Like, and especially if you like do, we could like get a speedball TV special or a maybe. Well, maybe if you get squirrel a good story. Girl. squirrel girl. Um, <laughs> I I would use it for for like maybe even reintroducing some of the other Netflix characters back, like oh, Iron like, Fist. I don't think we really need like right at least, especially right away, like a, an eight episode Iron Fist series. <sighs> Especially yeah. if you're doing a new Iron Fist, <laughs> do like a like an hour long, maybe hour fifteen show and introduce the new Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and or even boom, be- you're oh, done. Multiple birds, one hat or one stone, or you know, uh, heroes for hire. Yeah, or just have him and Luke working. Yeah, in, yeah. or even if it's not even them, Misty Knight, Misty Knight and her or, partner. Yeah, that would work too. Yeah. Like the, like it, you it could, opens up the door to so many options. You could do things about villain characters too. Yeah, I think a good one would be a, a Doctor Voodoo to expand the magical, like more of this oh, underworld. Yeah, he's not Brother Voodoo anymore. He he's got his doctor. He got his yeah. yeah it, he, he went back. I to have voodoo a PhD school. in Voodoo. I didn't he's go. A, I didn't spend four years in Voodoo school to be exactly. called Mister. <laughs> uh, he's the well, he's the head of the, the the strange school of magic now, right? So. <laughs> but uh, you could do it with cosmic characters too. You could yeah. do Quasar or or um, Nova, like we hit like yeah. talked yeah. about. Who is there? Anybody they've hinted at exists that we haven't seen yet? Like I'm sure there's got to be somebody that would fit that category of like we haven't seen them, but they they've kind Beta of Ray Bill. Them. Yeah, there is Beta Ray Bill. Oh, Beta Ray Bill would be a good one for like. I a... don't know if you could do a one shot with Beta Ray Bill, but that's me. Being biased, yeah. Hey, that's just me also wanting Beta Ray Bill to no, show up. Yeah. So, could uh, could they be building toward a Legion of Monsters kind of thing too with this too? I, I kind of think so, or maybe like combination of Legion of Monsters, Midnight Suns sort of thing. I'm trying to think who else they could use. Well, in the Legion of Monsters in the past, Frankenstein Frank- would be in there. Yeah. Like, eh, maybe we can pass on and Frankenstein. And Dra- Dracula? No. No, Dracula's got his own state in the comic books right now. Right. So um, that one would be an interesting character to use to, to do vampires, but I don't think you can touch that really until... We have Blade. Yeah. Since we're getting a Blade movie, it'd be. You know, I guess you could introduce the fact that vampires are out there in one of these as one of these monsters, mm. but I wouldn't do a whole Dracula one. Yeah. Because that you know Dracula could be your main character in a Blade movie. The original Legion of Monsters was Morbius, Werewolf by Night, Ghost Rider, and Man Thing. Yeah. So Morbius is off, off the, the board. Uh, 
the 2010 version included Nakantu the Living Mummy and the Manphibian. <laughs> yeah, I want to say they make an appearance in that Mark Wade run on Daredevil. Because that was one of those weirdo things that Mark Wade did, but still worked really, really well. Oh, and Frankencastle. I was going to say Punisher could be a good one for a one a special. Yeah, that'd be a great way to reintroduce him. And figure and maybe figure out what you can get away with in terms of tone yeah. and violence. Because the it's it's weird to say with the Punisher in some ways, especially after watching this, where like we see decapitations and stuff. Yeah. Is in terms of TV movies, there's something less violent in a weird way, or maybe it's we just don't see it the same because. It's very rarely do we read news stories about somebody getting decapitated with a sword or like stabbed with like wooden stakes and and shit like that. However, gun violence is pretty predominant in our society and like like him, the the Punisher basically shoots people. Well, did up until the current comic book storyline, which is something that like they could totally do series but they would have to build for it for oh yeah, we, yeah we're not there yet so i i think it's safe to say we all liked it yeah yes we did mm-hmm. and uh hopefully we'll get some more stuff like that who's hoping i like it when they do different things yep which means we come towards the end of this episode and geek picks i'll go first i've got my geek pick ready my geek pick um, is a new series that just appeared on Disney Plus this weekend that I've already finished watching. Oh, jeez. Um, and uh, it was on... Uh, oh, okay. I already talked to you about this. Jeez. Yeah. I forgot it was on Disney Plus. Um, and now it, it, it's a, an FX series, so it ha- was airing uh, on FX Weekly, and then it just got added to Disney Plus. Uh, it is the series Welcome to Wrexham, which is uh, the the series for um, where Ryan... Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob, oh shit, what's Rob's last name? Oh, the guy from oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, they uh, purchase a a lower tier professional soccer team in Wales, which is not part of England. It's its own country. Mm-hmm. One of the many things you learn in this series. You didn't know that? Well, I'm, it's one of those things I didn't think of. Oh, okay. Why would I think of that? I only know that because my brother-in-law is Welsh. Well, well there's, I don't have any any Wales connections. <laughs> Um, it's a very good series. I think it's 18 episodes. They're about half an hour episodes. Uh, and it's not just about, you know, soccer. It's about, you know, this, this team itself is one of the oldest professional sporting franchises in the world. Uh, the arena, the stadium they play in is one of the oldest, like long, longest running like over a hundred years old stadiums that's still used. It's got a long history. It's just had some really bad years as far as the you know, sport management teams go. Uh, it got relegated, uh, which you learn in you know the the, the uh, English football leagues uh, are all set up in a kind of a pyramid in the way that there's you know the best teams in the world play in the Premier League. And then there's different leagues below that. And it's if you're 
one of the lower teams, like say you finish in last or the, last, like the bottom four, well then you drop down a, a division, and if you finish in the top of your division of your league, you get to move up a league. Yep, and that's how it works. And if you continue to lose and lose and lose, well you end up can you can work your way out of the professional professional standings and end up in what they call the national league which is still professional players but like you know these are professional soccer players that normally get paid like $38,000 a year to pay, to play um not so it's like you know guys that have like a second job yeah you'd have to type things so it's like what it's uh don't in Canada, hockey-wise, I'd almost say it's if someone is playing, you know, maybe at a tier lower than like the East Coast Hockey League. Now, you know, you have the NHL, you have the AHL, which is like the farm team to the NHL, and then you've got leagues like the East Coast League, and you've got like other leagues where yeah, it's professional so- so- hockey, but they're not millionaires. You know, these are guys that are also working at your local car dealership or a grocery store or something like that, right? So they're just Ryan and Rob come in, they buy this team, uh, and the teams, the connection to the team and the town is a big part of what you the show. Like this, these these towns, you know, and it's, it's soccer in England. They live in or not in England, but in, in Wales. Uh, or, in the, or Great Britain, and you know they live and die by their by their hometown teams, right? So it's uh, it's quite the it's quite the series. Uh, you should give it a shot. It's very touching, and I don't want to spoil how. Okay, I won't spoil how it finishes. I'm boycotting this series. Why? Because <laughs> I'm a fan of the the Green Brothers. Do you know John and Hank Green, who do a lot of YouTube stuff? No. John wrote um, the Fault in Our Stars, and anyway, they have uh, an oh, organization. Was he on Mental Floss? For- yeah, yes. he was. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. I was just talking about this with friends of mine the other. So John Green, John Green, uh, and his brother Hank, they have. Um, uh, DFTBA, which stands for "Don't Forget to Be Awesome," and that's their sort of mantra. And they, they many years ago, decided to sponsor a different English football team uh, called the. Um, no, are they sponsoring it or owning it? They What's the difference. No, they. In this case, the team is owned by the fans, and they own quite a few shares in the okay. yep. in the uh, in the team. And um, Ryan Reynolds has been a guest on the on the Green Brothers podcast. <laughs> and when they found out that he was buying another team that was like uh, would be playing against them, they got, so it's all in good fun. And I'm not really going to boycott the show, but um, but. I am a fan of AFC Wimbledon, not Wrexham. So, for that, for this particular reason, I, I love how we are now getting into that point of like true football fandom because that's how things are. Is and you, like you, AFC Wimbledon got relegated last year. Wait, does this mean that you guys can't be friends anymore? <laughs> it's like, I don't care. We're gonna be sitting here watching, doing the podcast, and Kevin's just gonna start throwing darts. At <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, it's just kind of fun. It's all in good fun, and uh, well, I, think oh, that's cool. I, I didn't know that about those guys. I yeah, think they're also they're probably they're probably a league higher than Wrexham. Did they get dropped all the way down to the national? Or they, they are in. Uh, so they are in. They've the, got more money. Behind. No, this is just a little neighborhood team in London. Okay, so they. 
the way John describes it, they've gone from the third tier of English football to the fourth tier. Okay, so they're still part of the main English football league where Wrexham is not. Okay. So they haven't they're not as far down as the national yet. So they they don't think so they won't likely play each other unless it's in one of those other tournaments where they all that's the one I love about soccer too. Like they have their own league and then you'll you have chances where you play in these other champions tournaments or other national tournaments and things like that where you'll play other teams that are professional that are complete, could be at completely different levels than you. Yeah. Uh like TFC. Like TFC will play against like they're in the uh, oh crap! What's it? So Wimbledon is Whatever in North American. I forget which one they're called. Wimbledon yeah. is in EFL League Two. Oh okay. Um, uh, and Wrexham. They're in the national, so they that they're ahead of they're higher up the chain than them. Uh but yeah, TFC. Uh, they'll play against teams the teams in Vancouver and um, and Montreal. Montreal, I think, is is part of. Either way, there's some of the other Canadian teams now. There's that, that national Canadian league that TFC will play a couple games against for like the Canadian championship now. Okay, but they're not part of the same league or anything like that. And then when like when they win the Canadian championship, then they get to play in the Champions League, where they'll play like teams from Mexico that were like the Mexican champion and things like that. Even though they didn't win their you know the the, the their their league's championship. But they're you know, and so it's fun you know. You get the and you get friendlies against other national teams and things like that too. But yeah. I've enjoyed. I've always enjoyed soccer, especially when I got to play in high school. I th- I wish all sports had this had this um, relegation system. Yeah, could you imagine if the worst baseball team got knocked down to the to AAA or something? Somebody did suggest that like that might be a way of bettering. Baseball, I think it would so not exactly the same thing, but yeah, using that as a model, breaking the two leagues up into like yeah, and then yeah, having them be cheered for like yeah. It, now it's gotten better in recent years, but there was a period there where it was Yankees or Boston in our yeah. division. <laughs> like you're going up against them, like, yeah, you, you had no hope. But as of late, it seems to lighten up a little. But bit. so like okay. in the first episode, they they t- do the. To compare, like to show the the breakdown, they do a baseball comparison, and they're like, okay, so imagine you're the Yankees, you play in the Premier League, and then you keep losing, and then yeah. like eventually, if you keep losing and keep losing, you're playing against the local like beer league team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a, uh, I'd be curious to see if that affects American numbers in viewing of soccer now like uh, because uh, ryan reynolds is involved because like the that is it netflix or amazon has that f1 racing reality show Uh. that has boosted numbers in north america of f1 racing people because they got into the show yeah and then because they like that show they actually started watching the race right so the new season of soccer has already started that this the series, like the documentary, just finished recently. Yeah. That's why it's all, all uploaded on Disney Plus now. Uh, that was last season. The new season has already started because they play over the winter and everything too, right? They, yeah. I think it goes from August to May is their season. And I was, so I was like looking on the Facebook, and so I started following them on Facebook and stuff like this to see. And um, I guess it, it, it's affected it enough that they have had some of their games at this level. Are being aired on ESPN. I think yesterday. Yeah, yeah. 
So it well, is. It is given. Let, let's also ESPN Disney owned company. Yeah. Well, yes. So that. But still, surprise me. ESPN American. You know that's American, American national yeah. sports television show, uh, t- television channel, uh, and it's one of the only ways to actually watch that team play, other than being able to find. Um, some streaming services that have it was a, a feed that's online because that's one of the things you see that them like you'll see like Rob talks about it off him and his kids waking up quite often at like four, five, six in the morning on a set on a Saturday morning to watch a crummy internet feed of the game uh, for the games that they couldn't actually be at right, which yeah. they don't add a lot of them because well they're actors and they have jobs, but uh, yeah I'd say I recommend it watch it you'll like it fine righty. Kevin or Jen, who wants to go next? Go I'll go. Uh, thank you for let's for talking so long about English football because it's given me a chance to really think about what I wanted my pick <laughs> to be. You're welcome. And I just realized what it has to be, and that is that one of my all-time favorite reality TV shows has made a comeback, and I just sort of randomly stumbled upon it on Netflix, and that is The Mole. Who remembers The Mole? I do, I do. Remember it, it was one of those shows that came out right after the Survivor craze of the year 2000. Yeah, it so it was like early period. 2000s. It, it got was, like what, one, two seasons? There were two seasons with Anderson bro. Cooper as the host. Then there were two seasons of Celebrity Mole. And then it came back with Ahmad Rashad as the host, and it wasn't very good. But now it's back, and it's on Netflix. And so they have taken 12 Americans and they have taken them to Australia. And do you remember the premise of the mole? So the mole, there's a group of of players and they do tasks and each task earns money for their prize pot. But one of the players is the mole and is working for production actively against the players and taking money out of the prize pot. And the way that people get eliminated is they take a quiz – and whoever and the quiz is about who is the mole, and whoever scores scores lowest on the quiz gets eliminated. Uh, they have they have not really tweaked the way the show works. This show is very popular all around the world. There are it's it's a um, a Dutch format that's been licensed all around the world, and so there have been seasons, uh, dozens of seasons of the mole in various countries. But this is the first American season we've gotten in about. 15 years the host live action show i can't remember what the host's name is i i'm sorry but she is i do know that she is um a journalist from msnbc sort of like anderson cooper was a journalist and i like that she sort of brings a bit of seriousness to what it really is a ridiculous premise and i love all the finger pointing i love i love the way i love the way that uh, people are because you know do you throw off the other players by pretending to be the mole. So even if you are a player trying to earn money for the show, you're you're working against them. It's very fun, and I love the dynamics. So it's been released on Netflix. They release either two or three episodes a week. Oh, so my question: Were they dumping the whole thing? Or no, they, they released down? three episodes of this week. Uh, but I think the last because t- we're down to five. Five players, four players, four players now, I guess. And so they are. Uh, uh, It'll be done with the next drop next week, I think, or, or this week as you've listened to this episode. So, uh, yeah, so that's The Mole on Netflix. Uh, I think they've spent quite a bit of money on it. It looks really great. I think Australia is a fun place to set the show because 
it's just Everything can kill you and it's just foreign enough that it throws off american players right they all speak english but they also drive on the other side of the road you know and uh i i i'm quite enjoying it plus there's the whole like um Australia was founded by convicts uh, bit as well, right? They, they do play into that stereotype yeah. as well. So, yeah. So, The Mole on Netflix would be my geek pick. Nice. Jen. So, I read a book a little while ago that was very good. Um, it's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And I've read, I think at this point, almost everything that V.E. Schwab has written. And it has all been fantastic. So, you should read her books. Um, anyway, this is a story about a woman in, I guess she I think she's born in like 1697. So it takes place in around like early 1700s. Um, and she, all she wants in her life is to be free. She doesn't want to be tied down. She doesn't want to be like, she just wants to have her own, her life be hers. So when the time comes for her to get married, which was very young at those back in the 1700s, she makes a, a pact with uh the darkness which is basically like a demon they don't go right out and say the devil but like and um the terms or the pact are that she will live and be free until she no longer wishes to be in which case then her soul is the darknesses um so then the, the catch then because anytime you make a deal with the devil there's a catch the the catch is that she's forgotten by everyone she meets. So while somebody is with her, they remember her, but as soon as they are out of her, like as soon as they no longer looking at her, they completely forget who she is. So she lives for, I don't know, about 300 years because the next part of the story, it goes back and forth between her time learning the boundaries of her curse and how she moves through the world from the 1700s up until 2014 where she meets wow. somebody else. She finally meets somebody who remembers her. And I don't want to explain more about that person because that's the whole twist in the story. And um, it's really, really well-written. It's phenomenally well-written. And um, I really, I really recommend it. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I've read other stuff by V.E. Schwab. She's an excellent author. Uh, she does a lot of like urban fantasy style books. Um, this one, I think, is the first one where she's really it's been set in our world that I've read that's been time hoppy. Um, so it's kind of like if you like The Time Traveler's Wife or um, any kind of those types of books, that's probably not even a very good comparison, but it's similar. Um, you should definitely read this book. Brent. So um, my pick is The Human Target Volume 1 by Tom Ooh. King and Ooh. I've Greg heard that's Smallwood. good. It is fantastic. Uh, I partially picked it up because we have a lot of customers who have had the book on their poll, and a few of them have told me some really good things about it. Um, what it is is The Human Target is a DC character. Now, this is a black label book, so no particular continuity. Right. Uh, the human target is a bodyguard slash detective. Like ultimate bodyguard. Yeah. He he'll get shot and then figure out it, like impersonate somebody who has had threats made against them, get shot or stabbed or whatever, and then go after the person who's doing the attempt or figure out who it was yeah. who tried to kill them. 
Uh, on a assignment, he works for Lex Luthor, and it, it, while he prevents one assassination attempt, what he didn't know was uh, while they are having coffee, he gets a coffee that was directed to Lex, and it went to him instead, and he is poisoned and has 12 days to live, according to Dr. Midnight. At any rate. Mm. Um, through some investigations, he comes to the conclusion that it's one of the members of the Justice League International who has, who yep. has accidentally poisoned him. And from there, it, it's like a fun, like, noir story set in the DC Universe. The art is fantastic in it. It's a great read. The only drawback is... is I've now got to wait, like, oh, yeah. probably seven to eight months before Volume 2 comes out. Yeah, it has been a, a book that was delayed by months. Yeah. Between issues and six and seven. the latest issue just came out, yeah. like, a couple weeks ago. Same so. time as the trade. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a great read. Uh, like, I was... I'm hot and cold on Tom King stuff. Some, some things he does grabs me right away mm-hmm. and others and like eh not so much I've heard good things about lots of his books yeah, Mr. Miracle oh I, he's definitely talented it's just like my personal taste right. I guess would be the, the best way but his Mr. Miracle is one of those books that did grab me I really liked that book so yeah uh, Human Target Volume 1 from DC Comics uh, you can get it at uh, probably order it through many a local comic shop like Big B Comics in Barrie, Ontario, where uh, you can find me during the week and you can find Ryan on Saturdays. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the show. But before we end the show, we have patron shoutouts. Hopefully, this is recording so we can actually <laughs> to get them out there this time. Jen. Yeah, so if you would like to be a patron of our show, we would very much appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash true north nerds and for three dollars a month you can uh, basically help us keep the lights on. So it goes to, you know, producing the show and hosting and all that kind of stuff that helps us keep going and helps you get to listen to our wonderful podcast. <laughs> um so yeah, shout out to our patrons. We have uh Rex. Gavin, Mike Hammond, Team Woods, who also do our fantastic website, truenorthnerds.com, Alex James. Who we should mention uh, got married yesterday. Congratulations, Congratulations. Jen and I were at that wedding. It was was very fun. Uh, RhinoVision, Karina, and Drew. So thank you all very, very much for your continued patronage. And uh, we put it out last week, but unfortunately it got chopped off of due to the recording issues. If you are one of our patrons and have a side hustle or job you would like to promote, uh, please send me a message either through Patreon or one of the other ways you can get a hold of me. And we will throw that in as part of your shout out. Like, it's, We'd be happy to promote whatever you're doing. Rex, I know, is do, getting more and more into doing voiceovers, so we'll, we can promote that website and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want us to. If you don't, that's cool, too. We'll, Let us we'll know. give you the shout-outs. Um, that's it for this week. Next episode, uh, probably going to be some Black Adam, because that comes out. Woohoo! Movies! Woohoo! It's, um, I haven't been to the movies since I saw Thor. I went and saw League of Superhero Pets. I saw Nope. 
<laughs> I went on a Over Sunday morning by yeah. myself and watched Nope. <laughs> and um, Black Adam comes out. Uh, I am scheduled to see, depending on where we record, I'm going to go see the new Halloween movie in a couple Ooh. weeks. Too, so. Oh, with your friend? Yeah, with my friend Lisa. I am not seeing that. I have already seen it. Oh, you went and saw it? I went and saw it. Because you're not supposed to comment about me shaking my head when I shake my head. Yeah. I went and saw it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm confused. Anyways. Uh, Mission so accomplished. Probably a little <laughs> bit about Halloween. And uh, I guess after that, the, the next big thing we will be tackling will be Wakanda Forever. Because that comes out in November. Yes. Ooh. And the trailers for that that have been coming out the next little while. is. Yeah. I don't know why it surprised me. But it still surprised me that they kept the little wings on Namor's feet. <laughs> I yes. love the little wings on Namor's feet. I love how they've changed it, like the backstory and aesthetic for for him. I love the. the well, I guess I forgot to put that in the news because yeah, that came out last. Week. We didn't talk about that in the news uh, feed. What the new trailer? Yeah. Oh, well, next time we'll talk about it next time. Yep. Anyways, uh, thank you for. This for has been a long I podcast. Can, I can also use the. Uh, the sign-off that I started using last week that nobody got to hear. And now it'll be more of a mystery because it might have gotten cut off with the explanation for it. But until next time, Obama <laughs> Set your face to sexy. Set your faces to sexy. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. 